This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome to Knowledge at Wharton. I'm Angie Bassuni. Few things are as frustrating for online shoppers as a lousy website. You want to add to cart, but the page won't load or there's too much third-party content slowing you down. Wharton professor Santiago Galino is here with some fresh research that should serve as a warning to online retailers. That clunky website that you've got, it's costing you some serious cash. Galino and his co-authors found that even a small delay in website speed significantly increases the chances that a customer won't complete a sale or even come back to the site to try again later. The paper is called Need for Speed, the Impact of In-Process Delays on Customer Behavior in Online Retail, and it appears in the journal Operations Research. Santiago, thanks for joining me today. It's been a while. Yes. Thank you very much, Angie, for inviting me. Thank you. Let's talk about this paper. I think that it's uh, intuitive that if you make something too hard for customers, they're more likely to walk away. And the first thing that comes to my mind is like a long checkout line at the supermarket. I'll just leave my stuff and go. So it really wasn't that surprising to me to read that a slow website can cause purchase abandonment. But your study quantifies exactly how much this is costing retailers. Can you take us into those numbers? Yes, yes. And, and, and I agree with you. Uh, originally, when we started working on this project, our main interest was not in finding whether a slow website will have an impact, a negative impact on, on, on customers, but how big of a negative impact, right? Because like you said, it's reasonable that if you frustrate your customers, they are going to buy less, convert less. But uh, at the same time, Nowadays, most websites are pretty fast. And so mm. our question was, okay, is really something that uh, small fractions of a second can impact the, the, the conversion and the sales? And it turns out that the answer is yes. We are able to estimate with our, uh, with our co-authors that a 10% decrease in the website speed can reduce sales by 4.2% and conversion rates by 2%. Uh, and if you think about how much effort uh, online retailers, uh, and I think any retailer puts to attract customers, uh, if you are frustrating them down the road, it's it's almost like you're throwing away money. And, and we thought that these, and our Collaborators in the project also thought that this was uh, was a meaningful meaningful impact. That's tremendous. So it, let's say that again: a ten percent slowdown in the web page speed can cost uh, four. Did you say four point two percent? Four point two percent decrease in overall sales and a two wow. percent decrease in, re- in conversions. Yes. Can, can you talk to us really quickly about where the data set came from? I understand you you captured data from a bunch of different retailers, correct? Yes. So what we what we did was to collaborate with two main set of partners. So one uh, group was the retailers that were uh, willing to share with us the, the data on uh, transactions, conversion, visit, visit to the different uh, websites uh, within their main site. Like if someone was at the main page, a product page, a uh, checkout page. And uh, also we partner with a company, it's called Catchpoint, that they are uh, specialized in measuring performance of these sites. Uh, to make it simple, like how mm-hmm. fast 
the page is loading, uh, how fast the page is reacting uh, to what the customers are trying to do. And, and so they are very, very precise with those measures. And, and that was kind of the two main group, like these, uh, if you will, technology company that tracks uh, the website performance and then the retailers that were sharing their information. Uh, and the, the, the tracking is important because uh, going back to, to uh, uh, the earlier point, we are measuring reductions in speed that are relatively small. Like a, the average page load uh, is around three seconds and a 10% decrease on that is a fraction of a second. And so you need to be very precise on how you measure these things. We're so impatient. <laughs> we want it now. So what are the implications of this research? What should brands be thinking about, particularly when they're designing their websites? Yes, so I think that this is a, this is a very good question because uh, th th there is a natural reaction uh, that could be around the idea that, well, there are things that I cannot control. Like I cannot control the overall traffic on, on the internet. I, I have no control of what's happening with the server downtown uh, and, and so why I should be uh, focusing on these things. And well, that's, uh, that's partially true. I think that depending on the scale of your company, you can do some things uh, to address those big issues. But the more, uh, the more you look at to what you can control, you start to discover that there are a lot of things you can do. For example, you can decide on the third-party content that your page is going to be loading on the background when you uh, when your customer is trying to access the main page, the product page. And today it's very common that we say, oh, when you're online, you can track everything from a customer. That's true, but uh, that also will, in one way or another, slow down the, the performance of your site. And so that's a decision you might want to, uh, to consider in terms of how many third-party contents you want to add. Another thing that uh, you can do is uh, to think of what is the design of your online store for mobile and desktop. Mm -hmm. Because while it is true that you don't control the overall performance of, of the, the wireless networks, I think it's fair to say that we all know that the, the LAN connections and when you are working on a desktop tend to be more reliable, higher speed, you are at home, and so the interface that the, the, the customer can use, maybe it's a little bit more sophisticated and it has the, the, the patience to, to wait because of the context that the customer is in uh, when trying to use that interface compared to what I do when I'm commuting and I'm on my cell phone. And so the, the, the performance is different, but also my... Uh, predisposition when I interact with the site is also different. And so these are two things that clearly uh, retailers can think about. Like, okay, what is uh, the level of third-party content I want to include? Mm -hmm. And also whether my customers is going to be uh, landing on a mobile versus desktop uh, application. I know you mentioned too in the paper that you that companies should also think about the the checkout process and maybe making it a little bit easier. And I'm an online shopper, and I know that there's some sites that I shop at where it's just one click and you've purchased it. Uh, and then there's others that walk you through all sorts of security questions and check this box if you want email and if you want you know notifications of sales. So that's something else for them to the, to consider. Correct. Yes, that that's absolutely true, and that I think is. Uh 
I one other additional insight from our study that mm -hmm. the impact of slowdowns through the purchase process is not homogeneous. So people can get more impatient depending on where in the in in this uh, purchase funnel they, they find themselves. So for example, we found evidence that the checkout process is a place where you really need to be mindful of the speed compared to the landing page. And there are some uh, behavioral theories that support this, this finding in, in the sense that when a customer is more on an exploration phase, trying to, uh, to uh, understand what the product is like and, and trying to learn and ready to, to engage with the company, they have one level of patient that mm -hmm. is maybe different from when they get to the checkout uh, stage. And I think that this, that retailers have studied for many, many years in the physical world, it's interesting to see that has a parallel in the online world as well. I want to go back to something that you mentioned a little bit earlier, and that's about the feeling of not being able to control what's going on with your website. Now, I kind of thought the same thing when I read your paper. I'm like, well, what if the internet connection is just shaky that day? Or what if that site's got a really great 50% off sale and there's so much traffic and I can't get you know, the, the item in my cart? But your paper interestingly said that that doesn't really matter, that the, the, the data that you looked at actually controlled for that. Can you talk a little bit about that issue and what you found? Yes, no, I, that, that's that's a good question uh, and can help uh, kind of clarify a little bit how we estimate these things because what we did was two things. So we looked at uh, big shocks in, in, and big disruptions for some uh, websites and some retailers. So for example, one retailer is had to add a video to the landing page. And of course that will slow things down in, in, in a major way. Mm -hmm. And we look at that, but the main part of our study took advantage of all these natural variations that you were describing, things that are not under the retailer's control. But because we were partnering with Catchpoint, we were able to measure them very precisely. And so we were able to say that, okay, on, a, on an average day, not, not those kind of holiday season type of disruptions, these fluctuations can have an impact, even if they are, like we were discussing before, a fraction of a second. And that is why, the, the design and the level of, uh, of, of, of thought that the retailer put into what third-party content uh, they are going to use becomes relevant because that's something that's gonna load every single day, every time someone interact with your site. The design of the purchase funnel from the landing page, product page to the checkout, that is something that is always going to happen. And of course you can, uh, you can expect that those crazy uh, Black Friday or, or, or Cyber Monday days, things are going to be slowing down. Uh, and maybe that day you're struggling. But again, consistent with what we found, depending on the mindset that your customer is in, might be more willing to wait. And so I think that, at least in my case, if I show up on Cyber Monday and the website is a little bit slower than usual, I say, well, this is Silver Monday and they kind of make a justification and I, and I become a little bit more patient. But I think that the, the main point of our, uh, of our study is uh, trying to focus on the everyday operation and not necessarily on those like a uh, couple of days through the year that things are particularly uh, slow. Right. That makes sense. Well, I 
I have another question about the small guy, the founder, the 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 fashion designer that maybe only sells online because they can't afford a physical store. And and a lot of those smaller founders don't uh, they have a contracted website service. They don't really have a lot of control over maybe just the design of their site. Is there something that they can do? I think so. And, and, and in fact, if you look at our study, the, there is one portion where we were able to go deeper into one specific brand. And this brand, I mean, we are not disclosing who the brand is, but it's very much capturing the the, the description that you, that, that you that you place in terms of like, okay, this is a established brand, but relatively small compared to kind of one of these massive uh, companies. And, and I think that the results apply to them uh, even more because they have a lot of control on the different steps that the customer will make when starting to know about the company because there is more exploration because this is not like a super well-known brand. And so people will want to understand exactly what is the type of product they're offering, what is the assortment they carry, learn about the quality of the product, learn about the designer that is behind this product. And so all these things are, I would argue, even more relevant for this type of brands. And then get into the steps of the checkout where people get more impatient. And maybe uh, someone suggests to you that, oh, you really need to capture all the information that you can. And well, my uh, my recommendation based on, on the study we did with, with, with my friends is to say, well, be mindful that those small things that you are gaining when you are capturing new data, new information, and loading additional things for your customers have also a counterpart in slowdowns that can hurt the conversion. So Mm -hmm. you need to make a balance between the benefit of tracking your customer more closely, the benefit of offering new features and gadgets that will pop up with the additional content versus the potential slowdown and friction that you're creating. That's really good advice. Santiago, I know that you have been studying omnichannel retail for a, a long time now. And I'm just thinking if you and I were having this conversation 30 years ago, we wouldn't be having it. There wouldn't be a conversation about web performance. And I think it just shows how much retail has changed over the years. So can I ask you sort of your closing thoughts on the complexity of omnichannel, where this fits in and why it's such a challenge right now? Yes, no, I, I, I think that this is this is very much on spot with why uh, I got interested in this project. And it's this idea that many of the things that retailers have learned and knew for many years in the physical world have a parallel in the online world. It's something that I've been talking with retailers many times about, okay, the store layout, the checkout process in the store, the, 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 the experience of the customer when they go to the physical store. I don't want to say everyone, but it could be uh, uh, thought that when customers are online, many of these things are not true even more. That people can handle as uh, many products as they can see on a screen. That uh, assortment issues become less relevant online because you can carry everything you want. The layout of the website can be a little bit... uh, cool, a little bit flashy, but we don't need to think about the flow of how the customer discover products online. And many of the things have been studied and have been shown that is simply not the case. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, our work here helps bring one other perspective that is, of course, you care about how much time it takes you when you make a physical trip to a store from the moment you 
arrive to the parking lot where you can park, how far is the store, where you, well, and you can think that, well, that's, you care because those are minutes, sometimes uh, hours that you invest. Well, it turns out that if you're going to invest a few seconds uh, in a website, those seconds can add, uh, and then the customer will end up buying more or less based on that uh, narrow uh, experience. And so I think that this connection between the physical and the digital world, once again, it, it shows that it is there. And I think it would be a missed opportunity not to think carefully about these uh, performance issues. That's great advice. Dr. Galeno, thanks for being with me today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Great insights. Remember, his paper is called Need for Speed, and you can find it online. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find more just like it on our website, where you can also read all our articles on the latest research in business. For Knowledge at Wharton, I'm Angie Bassiuni. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.